0: As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance and their successes or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Liz Fiacco, current game designer at Emberlab. So join us as we explore our journey. So today I'm joined by Liz, how are you? Uh,
1: good, how are you?
0: Yeah, very, very well. Um, busy time, crazy time, um, but that's that's just life for all of us, I guess, especially at the moment.
1: For sure, yeah, it's been crazy, but it's been pretty good.
0: Yeah. So this is Dev Diary a series. where We talk to developers from all around the industry. They share their experiences, their stories, and basically the, the journey that they went on to get to this current point. Now, Liz, we were talking before the recording that you've got some seriously impressive credits over the journey. But before we get to any of those, and even your current works, uh, I want to rewind a little bit back to the earliest point in your career and talk about some—well, oh, before your career, I should say, earliest time with games. What were some of those first games that you ever played? Do you remember what your first gaming experience was?
1: I don't think I can remember like what my first game, like I ever played, was like video game. It what is would have been so young, like. Don't yep. I can't remember which and one. That's fair um, enough. Yeah. Uh, but it, probably some of my favorite early memories would be like early Pokemon games on like the uh, Game Boy. And um, it was like super exciting for us to get like an N64. That was like a big deal. My brother and I would play that a whole bunch. Um, so yeah, early childhood, lots of gaming.
0: So mo- mostly you ran Nintendo from what I can tell though.
1: Yeah, yeah. My, like growing up, we mostly played Nintendo games, which is funny because I ended up working Sony for so Yeah, long. for a period there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe we can tick that Nintendo box at some point in the career. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it sounds like you've got very similar sort of tastes and background then to myself because, yeah, I was very much brought up on Nintendo for the longest period, the Super Nintendo, the Game Boy, the 64. It was only then where I started to transition and explore PlayStation and Xbox. So it sounds like we've walked a similar path at the beginning there. Um, sure. Were there any particular favorite games or franchises outside of you obviously mentioned Pokemon, but were there any that really stuck with you as you were growing up at all?
1: Um, uh, I, I mean, Pokemon definitely stuck with me, and then um, SSX was probably like a oh, franchise yeah. that I like, I love like to an absolutely unreasonable degree. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it's like not super talked about, but they're just like so much fun. It's like games
0: like being pure fun. Yeah, just so pick up and play. After that. It works a treat like that. They're great. Um, so was there a game at all that you, and this may not this may not be the case, maybe your pathway was a little bit different in that regard, but was there a game at all for you that uh, set off alarm bells, like I want to get involved in this in some way, shape, or form, or was it something that kind of emerged later in your life that in terms of, you know, that interest and that attraction to maybe being a part of creation?
1: Right, right. It was weird. Like I ended up kind of getting into it because um – like my college required a minor, and yep. um, they had a minor for game development. They didn't have a major for game development, and I was like, "That sounds like fun!" Like, it, <laughs> like I mean, I, it's probably the same kind of thought process a lot of people go through. It paired well with like the major I was doing, which is digital art. Um, yep, this is at uh, uh, Chapman
0: Uni. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that was at yep. Chapman um so i pretty much started taking classes i i even at the beginning of college i don't think i had really like totally grokked the idea that it was something i could like do for money um it wasn't until like later like my like maybe like late junior or senior year that i was like oh shoot i should make this a career because i was finding myself spending way more time doing my game development projects um and getting like way more invested in those than i was in my actual major (laughs) so
0: which maybe um, sets off some alarm bells for you at that point
1: yeah exactly it was like oh man if i'm like procrastinating on like something that i think should be my career with something that could be my career i should probably just stick with the thing that i clearly like enjoy doing so much
0: so what was it about at that point that was really setting off these kind of little alarm bells and those kind of uh, you were getting so much enjoyment out of
1: Um, I think it's because like game development kind of requires like all parts of your brain to be firing at once Um, it uh, it not only used like the animation the sound design, the music um, the visual style of just like pure animation um, but it also brought in like programming and interaction and um, it's like kind of these like extra disciplines so it just felt like I, I've always been more of like his jack of all trades. so it was it felt like something that I could do a little bit of everything in.
0: That was certainly um, something I noticed crazy. when I was kind of combing through uh, things like LinkedIn, which is a fantastic resource for yeah. <laughs> what people have been up to in their careers. But um, and a few other po- kind of poking around online to kind of see what you've been what you've been up to, and that was one of the things I really you know took straight away was the fact that you have kind of dabbled in so many different facets of of game design in a lot of ways. And I, I looked at some of the the titles that you've actually you know job titles that you've had along the way, which obviously can be quite fluid depending on the studios. Anyway. Um, but uh, you know i'm seeing something like uh area design or or game design like there's there's so many different layers that like my you know my initial questions when i saw those was like okay so what do we what, what does that actually involve but then as you've mm-hmm. kind of suggested there there are so many little parts to it that will i'll definitely be keen to kind of explore those with you a little bit later on so okay. you obviously yeah you, you did um you your studies there at Chapman uh, you've you've done some instruction as well along the way um, as part of that there was uh, the ID tech <laughs> court, uh, camps but, and also some internships uh, along the way uh, mm-hmm. what did you kind of glean from that period because you obviously I've got there's a little list um, there of a few studios you went to um, and experienced uh, yeah. what did you kind of take from that period
1: That was a busy time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cause it felt like I, I was doing like a lot of things part-time. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Cause, um, I think around that like, era was like, I could kind of balance. I had like time I could spend on, um, I like personal work at the time we were, we were running this Kickstarter and had this company, um, yeah. we were making a game called Axel. And then yes. i was also doing some studio work over at obsidian um i was doing production over there and then um then yeah and then i think at the same time i was like teaching at uci <laughs> I was so busy um but it was cool because like i think i learned a lot about like my own pace then yeah. um and uh yeah, like to this day, like my career has kind of circled back around to splitting my time a little bit more evenly between like doing personal work and and doing professional. Like, I mean, my personal work is now professional work. Yeah. But like, doing my work versus like working like with other people. Yeah, um, understood. For their vision, yeah.
0: Now, obviously, yeah, uh, you did, you did mention that you're obviously juggling a few different things at the same time. There was internships, there was Obsidian, there was Axel with Fallstreak. Um, yeah. how like. I I've kind of get a little bit uh, – uh, I'm quite impressed by that whole thing, really, because uh, even in my own life, so I'm a, I'm a teacher professionally, I do this on the side, um, and I feel like those two things alone are so much to juggle, but it seems like you were doing so much more. Like, what's the, Were you putting some ridiculous sort of hours in? How are you managing to coordinate all of these things at the same time and fit them all into a single day?
1: It was a time I really learned to be bold with, like, my – um, what I, what I would sort of like ask for in terms of boundaries. So, um, at the time I, I had worked at Obsidian full time yep. and, uh, it was, it was getting too much to also be working on false streak at the same time. Um, so I, um, so I like went in and like asked if I could have my hours reduced, which is like a really weird thing to ask for. <laughs> um, yeah, usually
0: it's the other way around or... Usually whatever. Way around.
1: Yeah. yeah so um i yeah it really at that time really kind of gave me like this sort of sense of like okay like like even though i'm like working for people like i can kind of determine like on um sort of like I can do it on my terms and, and yeah. it's a negotiation always like to figure out like what that means like whether that's gonna be full-time part-time I mean eventually it would like money and all that kind of
0: stuff so finding that, that balancing that act helpful. finding the sweet spot
1: yeah yeah so even though I was like doing a bunch of different things um my week was very compartmentalized because it'd be yeah. like this day I do this place this day I do this place this place I do this place oh, and yeah. like each book pro- each job like had a different location I would go to and everything like that. So it never felt like I was like nothing. I I definitely had like no time where I like I had nothing to do, but it also felt like it was like, okay, I can sort of like create my own schedule that works for what I'm interested in.
0: Oh yeah. You really, you really kind of managed that, quite well in the end to be able to, as you said, compartmentalise and be able to break these things and separate these things off. Yeah, at face value, that would seem ridiculously overwhelming. But if you've been able to separate, okay, this day is for this and this day is for this, that that becomes a lot easier to manage. Um, But what did Mm -hmm. you take from that time, obviously, like to kind of go from these internships and then all of a sudden just this little studio called Obsidian pops up and you you get involved with them? That, I guess, in some Mm -hmm. respects, and you you came on as a production assistant there, um, that – is kind of jumping in the deep end in a lot of ways now obviously you did have some experiences beforehand (laughs) but looking from the outside that Mm -hmm. feels like you're just dropping in the inside was that a really intimidating experience at first to jump in with such a a profiled um, acclaimed studio and be kind of thrown in like that
1: so when I first started working at Obsidian I was a production intern and I was still in school so it was definitely like super exciting and overwhelming to like be like, oh, like a real <laughs> old studio, it's super cool. But like, thankfully, I didn't have to like immediately jump into like forty hours a week, yep. Like be super productive. Like there was like a, a good amount of time where like we could, I, I could really like I just kind of focus on like learning a whole bunch of stuff and like shadowing people and um, trying to sort of. What was really useful about that time for me was like at. Was sort of doing like a lot of like note-taking and stuff and just starting to hear the way the professionals would like look at their their game and just go through and like just excruciating detail of like all of the different notes like hearing their notes and then being able to like understand them enough to like repeat them back and like give them like useful tasks and stuff out of them um that was Super valuable and ended up being really useful to bring like back into like my college experience. Yeah. Um. Like while we were working on Axel. So. Yeah, that yeah was, I can imagine that was probably the biggest like eye-opening thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, I kind of described it as throwing in the deep end, but yeah, they are like such a an incredible studio with um with a very rich history and it's you know developed significantly even in the years since since you left as well. Um, mm-hmm. there must have been so many fantastic people that you were learning things from, not just the, the those kind of finer more day-to-day sort of things but those really big picture skills and how people look at something and analyze I'm sure you must have taken a lot from that
1: uh yeah and particularly because I was a production intern on what ended up being a cancelled project yes um so uh I was privy to a lot of really interesting conversations between devs and publishers where they were like essentially trying to sort out like what they both wanted and what they both needed. So that was like another really like useful thing to see like these really high level early, early days, like pitch discussions.
0: Was this that, and, and you just, may, you may not be able to answer this. Was this that rumored one that was supposed to exist between Obsidian and Xbox? Was that right? Or we maybe that's a different yes, window yeah. of time. Yeah, it is. Now obviously I don't expect uh, you yeah. to necessarily go into details around that, but I I had the, the dots were kind of connecting in my head there. So that. Yeah, I think that
1: that's, like, somewhere, there's details somewhere, I'm sure, on the internet, but, yeah, it was, like, um, yeah, so it was, like, really interesting to see, I mean, ultimately, it ended up, like, falling through, but, like, even that, you can, like, learn a lot from, Could be, like, okay, like, why didn't this work? Like, as an intern, you don't quite, have to say that, like, I didn't, I wasn't, like, sad and super upset that it didn't, it made, but, um, like, I still had very much like of an outsider's perspective I guess at that time of like, being able to see these kind of like two big wigs, um,
0: trying to work with companies
1: right. try to work together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be really fascinating. I'm sure. Yeah. As you said, there's, there's a lot that you could learn from failed projects or canceled projects. Um, mm-hmm. as, just as much as there is from the ones that are you know incredibly successful as well. So I'm sure you took a lot from that. Now, there was a, there was a period there only only briefly in the end where you uh, I guess maybe it was a part of the course or anything like that but uh, you you kind of broke away from Obsidian there for a brief period there was a look you know, from what I was checking online of there was a few months right. um, and you're working with and I'm I want to make sure I don't butcher the pronunciation here Iokang Studios
1: oh uh, yeah
0: there was a couple months there <laughs>
1: um yeah I mean ultimately the um like when that project got cancelled like. Most of the team got laid off, including yeah. myself. So that's what happened there. Um, okay, and kind of like splintered off. Um, and they, like from some of the devs that got laid yeah. off. And I think I did some contract work for them. It was so short lived. And at the time I was also like working on Axel. So that was my primary focus during that time. Like it both finishing school yeah. and then like that summer was like putting together a Kickstarter.
0: But I'd still uh, but imagine
1: then, yeah. <laughs> back <at> obsidian
0: afterwards. <laughs> well, I'd still imagine like even those. Yeah, I think I, when I was checking, it was about two or three months, give or take. Um, I'd still yeah. imagine there's a, there's a lot that you learn g- given that given the circumstances behind um, obsidian there and leaving obsidian at that particular point. You're basically then getting on at the ground floor um at this particular point so there's there's a whole other perspective of the creation of a studio that you get to experience there and see um so i'd imagine you would have learned quite a lot from that too
1: uh, yeah i mean it's hard to say because it, it it really was like like a small time investment on yeah. like my end okay so like even though it like covered like a couple of months like it was like very like spotty sort of like meetings and like trying to get stuff up up and running so like I can't say, like, it was, like, a huge, like, involvement on my part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, But, yeah, it was, I mean, like, if anything, it it kind of showed me, like, this, like, cycle that happens in game dev all the time, where it's, like, you get these big project cancellations and, like, people try to, like, make the most out of it and, like, retain their
0: connections with everyone and stuff like that.
1: So it was an interesting interesting
0: time making the best out of a challenging circumstance, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're like, you know, scrounging for funding and
0: all
1: yeah. that, that kind of stuff.
0: But then from there, as you, as you said, uh, and as I think we all know already, uh, you found your way back to Obsidian. How did that opportunity um, emerge? Because then from there, as opposed to a, a few months that you were there initially, this was a several-year um, stint following that. How did you find your way back in there? Did someone tap you on the shoulder? Did you reach out? Um, um, how did that play so- out?
1: I still had a lot of friends who still worked there. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, in contact with them um, closely. Um, so I did end up, ended up like switching disciplines. So I was, like, a production assistant before. I wanted to do more design work. So the opportunity came up to do, like, a design test. I, like, yep. I was, like, all right, this one is the one. I nailed it. I had been doing design tests, like, that whole summer, kind of, like, after I graduated, trying to find, like, full-time employment. Um Oh, I I also learned a lot about how not to do design tests. If you want I'm to get sure a job, yeah. <laughs> um, so by the time Obsidian rolled back around with an opportunity there, um, I I could put put out like a better kind of like showing of like what my skills were. So that was good
0: and then obviously in that time you got to work on a few uh, fairly profile projects you know south park and the stick of truth pills of eternity there's tyranny in there as well were there any particular favorites or any uh, particularly valuable lessons as well that you picked up from that from that period because again it was a few years uh, i've got 2012 to 2015 mm-hmm. listed there so that's that you know several yeah, yeah. projects uh, several very different projects especially when you compare south park to the rest um what did you take from right, that right. period there
1: um i mean that's Actually, the period that we were kind of discussing earlier where I was doing a lot of stuff at the, kind of at the same time. So I oh, started yeah. there design time. And then after about six months, I actually switched to part time. And then yeah, it was cool. Like, um, yeah, they're all fun for like weird and different reasons. I'm sure um, they would be. Yeah. Pillars was cool because like I got to sort of like really get involved with like Unity again, which was neat um and pillars as opposed to south park i got to sort of do block out from like the very get-go yes um and that that was really the first time i was like i mean aside from like college and stuff like that i was like really building like 3d block mesh quite a bit so it was really cool to like it like in on that like level design sort of stuff um so like there's like like writing a lot so like being able to sort of design some quests and stuff like that and then like be able to like work with writers who could like make it super super cool think, and, um was really fun
0: and i'd imagine this there's, there's quite the contrast in terms of the way you approach the development when you're working on something like south park versus pillars because pillars is obviously uh, obsidian's own ip you're all building this together and you're kind of creating the the stuff that underpins the entire now franchise uh, versus South Park where you're working with something established. I'm sure Matt and Trey are wandering through and uh, there's, there's all those sorts of other layers. There's licenses involved, which throws up its own different set of challenges. I'd imagine, or the license, the South Park license, I should say.
1: Uh, No, like South Park was all like, had all sorts of like, legal hoops to jump through for yeah. like a billion different reasons because um we switched publishers halfway through. Oh
0: of course, yeah right. We had
1: we had like um we had South Park Studios that we were also like working with. Um uh, it's also like, I mean, it's a boundary pushing game. So, like, we were running into like censorship in different regions because it's like a global release. And like, my,
0: my particular region here was uh, in Australia. We we got the the <laughs> censored version of the spe- koala, which was
1: hilarious. I
0: it. That was brilliant. Um, so, I
1: it. Uh, which like is interesting to kind of see like like legal hurdles as design problems. <laughs> 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 um. Uh,
0: was that something I, you were running into semi regularly, or only kind of towards the end?
1: Um, mostly towards the end. I yeah, mean, okay. I was mostly on the project towards the end. Yeah. Um, and then it luckily wasn't something that like I personally had to deal with a whole lot. My yeah. like my friend like really had to deal with it a whole bunch. Yeah, right. But feel sorry um, for them already. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But uh, I mostly did. I i was kind of lucky because i got i was like responsible for like a lot of the um sort of just like town area oh yeah um it was kind of like already built when i started um but i ended up like populating a lot of like the little puzzles and like trinkets that were hidden around and like side quests that like crisscrossed the town um so that was cool for me because like it really relied a lot on um like scripting to make sure that everything happened at the right time at the right time in the game and like state changes and everything were all like correct um so that was kind of if you're gonna work on an rpg like that's like the part of the rpg i want to work on is like where all the
0: streams cross so that was so cool. you're just looking at the, it's it's like that uh like <laughs> meme that we see with the people looking at the giant pinned up wall yeah okay is and that's essentially yeah. that's essentially what that role is i guess in some sense
1: You have to like fourth dimensionally to get all the quests <laughs> in place so
0: that was cool which i guess then when you're were you doing an equivalent sort of thing when it came to something like pillars or tyranny were, were you still working that same capacity or were because again we've spoken um, about how you your roles and the different things you did were quite diverse um did you do much of that I, or was it different uh, again
1: uh, pillars um pillars pretty much like got assigned maps because pillars like you have like have like large essentially like 2d 2d maps um yeah. so they, they sort of split off des- like designers by like what map you're on um or like maybe there's like a sequence of net maps like i did like the lighthouse in the city um but uh yeah that one that one was more like most of those areas i took from just like the sort of pitch from it make the block out make up some quests for it um it's like take it all the way to like final. Yeah. Um uh there was a few yeah the lighthouse area that one I sort of like inherited So, it took what was like already there and like up some stuff for it. Yeah. So um,
0: as so the the next i guess step as far as uh, is is naughty dog from there, but as we've mentioned a few times along the way you are working with this fall streak and this axle. Um I feel like before we before we get to Naughty Dog and everything that's come to that, because then that kind of spins on from there. Uh, let's let's dive into Axel a little bit. Um, there, there may not be given the profile of all the other games that we're, we've been talking about today. This might <laughs> be I one of those ones. Tiny that,
2: little game. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so let's let's dive into that a little bit. What were some of the the thoughts and ambitions behind that title in the first place? Because then you're, um, you're starting this from scratch. This is um, your own little team. Uh, comparatively, it, it very sort small. Of
1: spun out of. Yeah, I mean, it was only, like, there's, like, less than half a dozen of us. Um, and it sort of spun out of, like, the, like, senior capstone sort of class of for game development. Um, uh, we knew that we wanted to make a pr- project that would show well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we set our sights on rather than making, like, a full game for that. We were, like, all right, we're going to do, like, one or two levels of, like, an interesting game.
0: Um, just little bite-sized and,
1: pieces. Yeah, so that, like, helped us, like, not, like, over-scope, and we could, like, really... And at the time, I was produ- doing production out of Obsidian, so I was looking at them being, like, oh, they do, like, this vertical slice thing, so, like, I should just do a vertical slice. Yeah, <laughs> like, that makes sense. Uh, trying to, like, take what I'm learning from, like, the industry and trying to use it in our class, so... Um, yeah, it, it kind of spun out of this idea that we wanted to, like, add character to, like, something that doesn't have like a lot like a machine like he plays this gear so like a machine you think is like robotic we're like oh let's make it lively and cute and something like that Uh, uh and it changed a lot like our initial designs were way more like puzzly we went through the whole process of like iterating on like all right let's try this idea okay this sucks all right let's try this other idea oh this thing that's happening that we didn't expect is really cool but not what we were looking for maybe we should let like, go in that direction um so, yeah it was cool um we ended up building it into like a sort of like my fast place like platformer like it's a it's really a precision platformer um, and then it's the a other design for challenge- those sorts of games yeah <laughs> and then the design challenge we wanted to address with it was around that time like uh, it wasn't like mobile games were, like, just taking off or anything. But, like, most mobile games at the time were, like, words with friends and things like that. Yeah. So um, we wanted to make a, like, action mobile game that had controls that worked specifically with mobile really, really well. So the fact that you kind of, like, do this, like, spinning stuff, like, you you control the character by spinning, you could, you could just, like, flick the little control wheel and like stop it and like get a lot of precision with like gestures so that was our other kind of goal with it
0: and i guess like given the sorts of experiences you've had so far where we're talking yeah obsidian they're known for their pc kind of crpgs and then there's obviously south park as well quite quite (laughs) different in terms of what you're setting out to achieve (laughs) with the game in terms of how you interact with the game so i guess you would have learned a lot from that side of things as well in terms of the type experience you're creating
1: um i think like where. out of obsidian as we moved into axel was like mostly just like trying to be aware of our own limitations so um knowing that we didn't have a really skilled animator on our team we were like okay like a gear we don't have to animate a gear it's just rotate (laughs) um and like with with obviously with obsidian like rely on so much content like they need a lot of artists and writers and everything to just like build a lot of worlds so yep. a platformer is something that we could reuse a lot of assets for and um try to like make a lot of content with like efficient resources
0: yeah fantastic so yeah then in terms of the big AAA side of your career how did that transition from Obsidian to Naughty Dog occur? Did was it was it you looking for a change of pace, or did an opportunity pop up, or how how did that transition to go from Obsidian, which is a very high profile studio, to Naughty Dog, who might be in some people's eyes the highest of high profile studios in the globe on the globe, not just. Um, you know, within America or whatever, just full stop. They might be considered the biggest and arguably best um, developer in the world. Again, perspectives could differ from pe- person to person, but it's right, right up right. there anyway. How did that opportunity emerge in the first place?
1: Um, so after Pillars came out, I was like on Tyranny, like at the very tail end of it, yeah. um, and I was still part time at Obsidian. Um, so after after the game release. Hit the waves so
0: oh, yeah, okay, left right.
1: Obsidian. Um, but I really wasn't I'm um, for very long before getting it over at naughty dog um, it was like two weeks or something like that just
0: um, right to- right place right time for you yeah, I
1: think it was just right place, right time. I did not think I would get an interview at Naughty Dog at all, like for being like, ah, yes, my level design skills. Here's my isometric game that I've worked on. <laughs> you know, I can totally do Uncharted. So. <laughs> um, so, I I truly did like fart out a cover letter in like five minutes because I thought no one was going to care. Um, like other ones, I would like that I had thought I had a shot for, I would like agonize over four hours. But like this one, I was like. Pfft doesn't even matter
0: i'll just throw didn't my name out there, there and see what happens
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: so how do you react then when all of a sudden they do get back to you and i assume the next step from there was let's have a chat for a potential interview and that sort of thing you know you sit bolt up right now, oh my god this is this is happening um but how do yeah. you how do you um all of a sudden given that you as you said you did kind of just crap out a, an application there how do you all of a sudden switch into you know, I assume there's some research that you're doing and all those sorts of different things. How do you quickly toggle into that sort of mode?
1: I mean, basically, basically kind of what you described. So at, at the time, I had only played The Last of Us, and that had, like, charmed me enough that I was like, oh, it'd be amazing to work here. Yeah. Um, so uh, I borrowed my friend's, like, PlayStation 3 again. To play Last yeah. month <laughs> and like got all the Uncharted games, so I, I pretty much played like a new Uncharted game for every like step of the interview process I was <laughs> getting through. Um,
0: so just like an Uncharted, one with the the boat scene, you know, just yeah, yeah, dropping yeah. examples as it suits.
1: Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I was like doing my research like playing the i played through all the games like a dorky level designer where I'd like go into like corners and like try to figure out like what they were doing and how and um i I did a couple of like mock up levels um in yeah. like some three d software to just like kind of get myself fast with three d again um and also just sort of like really sort of dissect how they were constructing their rooms so yeah. I would pretty much just like put Nathan Drake in a room and then, like just keep turning the camera around and like model the room and like sort of get a sense of their scale and everything. yeah, okay. Um, so that was a useful exercise. Then I just had like a long interview process that was like there was like full rounds of tests and yep. like interviews um, they'd be rigorous, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. So they had a really short window in which you could complete tests like okay. they'd send you the test they tell you when they were going to send you the test and you'd have to complete it in like four hours all right it was okay. like truly like a whole bunch of water that morning <laughs> just binge your way through like a
0: really hectic that was crazy that's that's quite cool uh, but I'm,
1: I'm, 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 really, I'm really glad that i didn't have to like maintain that adrenaline for like a week solid
0: yeah that'd that that be rough i'm was, sure that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but maybe maybe they can extrapolate from that four hours and they feel like they see what they want to see in that. And, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, like are always like, so I don't want to say like controversial, but like everyone like has their own like secret sauce of like what they want to test and how they want to test and what they look for in a test.
0: Um, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I can, I didn't really understand like the sentiment of wanting to do a short test because like a lot of times with a like, a designer, like, Um, you know, the ideas that they commit to, like, within the first four hours um, are then what they spend polishing for the next, you know, five days. So, like, if you're really trying to test for, like, it's like, all right, like, you know, can you be creative with shapes and can you tell a story with it? And, like, maybe that's good. Um, But at the same time, like, you might be missing designers who, like, uh, iterate on their own work more. And, and take a little bit more time,
0: so. Yeah, I suppose that yeah, like, it really shows there's merits to both pathways, or approaches, I guess. Um, sure. So when, when you were applying in the first place, now obviously at that point, Uncharted 4 was already common knowledge, and you know the public knew about that, but were they, given that this is also the studio that's just recently put out, The Last of Us Part Two, and the game was, at least in some degree, in some level in development at that particular point, were you made aware of the fact that that was a project that was in the works, or was that not until you arrived? Or... Last of Us Two. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Last of Us Part Two, I should say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I knew that they were like working on it as soon as I like got there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, th- it, I figured, it, yeah, what they pitched would be like when I different.
1: say working on it, like they, they basically had like a folder that like no one was touching. Yeah. Until they
0: were done with the fucking folder, which makes so, sense. Like, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was kind of this like future promise that like, oh, last of us is next. Um, but uh, yeah, there was like no active development on it yeah. while Uncharted was going on.
0: So for you, what was it? So once you got in the door and obviously you're, you're learning from some really incredibly talented developers and, and you've got Neil and there's so many fantastic people there working on Uncharted and then things for the last of us are starting to eventually heat up. Uh, also, Dexu, did you have anything to do with Lost, Lost Legacy along the way at all? Or were you? did you shift from Uncharted 4 straight to Last of Us?
1: I, I actually shifted straight from Uncharted 4 onto Last of Us. Like, I was basically... there was like a, maybe a month of, like, like brainstorm meetings yep. for Lost Legacy that I was a part of. But beyond that, like, I, yeah, I was just doing pre-production that, that whole
0: year. Yeah, fair enough. So in terms of the way you approach... The game design, because I mean, for all that there's there's some similarities between Uncharted and the Last of Us, there's also, I would argue, as someone who just plays the game purely as a consumer of the games, they, I would argue there's far more different about those titles than there are things they have in common. How do you um, how mm-hmm. ha- how did you adapt your approach to design? Because the the way that Joel O'Reilly navigates an environment is very different to the way, or Abby, um, is very different to the way. Uh, that Nathan Drake does, or mm-hmm. or it's a, same applies for Lost Legacy. They're, they're drastically different. So how do you, how do you kind of approach the way that you're designing levels, the way that you're designing the things that you interact with? How, how does that kind of change in your head?
1: Um, it's interesting you mentioned that because, like, from the sort of like behind the scenes perspective, like both games are really made with like the same tools and the same yep. toolbox. Um, so a lot of considerations do kind of like rely on like knowing what Naughty Dog's engine is like capable of and good at and like in what ways we can push it. So that's kind of the same for both of them. Uh, <laughs> like you kind of like have the same sort of like tape areas. Like you're yeah. you're working in the same field for both of them. Um, and then, uh, and then the the real difference becomes tone, right? So yeah. like. Uh, Like, what beats are you picking um, for your levels, like, what kind of, like, shapes and geometry and, like, spaces are you picking for your levels are going to be different for both of them. Yeah. Um, Probably layout-wise, one of the biggest differences would be scale. Uh, so Nathan Drake moves way faster. The camera's pulled out. He can like cover so much ground with like those ropes and stuff, slides and stuff like that. So those levels were just like physically really, really large. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Uh, versus uh, the Last of Us, um, a lot of like my early prototype stuff was like building stuffs like smaller and smaller and smaller until you got that really like intimate, gritty feeling melee and um, sort of like in your face kind of like stealth so it's like it's not not like you're seeing the guy from like a thousand yards away you're like you're seeing this guy when you like round uh around the corner and and they're like like three feet from you um
0: which is incredibly intimidating about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so that that's probably like the biggest like the layout perspective at least yeah, like okay. the systems perspective is like a whole nother ball game that I actually i i didn't really dabble too much in like the systems of the yeah. last of us and there's like not a whole lot of systems uh that are player controlled in uncharted um that all the systems in that one are really kind of determined by like our combat designers of like loot drops and what drops yeah, what. And
0: like that. yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. but obviously yeah they are still uh, yeah all those similarities there are some little differences there that we've we've just discussed um did you feel like you adjusted yourself quite well to that uh, again as someone who uh, yeah. like, you, you played the uncharted games to get yourself i guess upskilled and ready to, ready to go for for the uh, the interview process and then uh, eventually actually working on the job versus the last of which mm-hmm. you'd, you'd kind of played with a, a i guess br- previously with a more consumer focused approach did, did either right, of those kind of did, did that help in any way to kind of uh steer the way you approach the actual creation in were there any influences uh, at all yeah i mean
1: like, i mean i obviously came to naughty dog as a fan of the last of us so yeah. like it was like it was like easy in that way to like sort of like be like okay i kind of know like the tone and like what i liked about like the first game so like i can like try to like imagine like okay if i'm gonna be playing the sequel like moments that i'd like either like want to experience that are like similar or different or like more than um first game uh uh so that was cool and then with uncharted it's interesting like the the beats i ended up actually doing in uncharted are um like not the super big space beats. Yeah, okay. Um, I ended up doing both of the flashbacks where you're like oh, playing yeah. as like little Nathan Drake. Yeah,
0: which are really um, cool. Um. So that actually
1: thanks. Um, but yeah, that that made it a little less different um, than moving into uh, the Last of Us because like, I mean like one of those is like exploring a manor that's like human sized <laughs> yeah. and like. Yeah, spooky and like tempo
0: wise um, they they kind of more align more than the core uncharted experience versus the last of us
1: yes exactly like i wasn't doing like super high paced like chase sequences and uncharted and then have to like dial it back to like just like like stealth sort of stuff like i was already kind of doing like these more intimate moments so it was like okay i can move that into the last of us pretty seamlessly
0: yeah cool now, in twenty eighteen, uh, you you left the studio at that particular point, and you you jumped in with uh, as as I discovered through my research, uh, the the MBLabs team are some there's a made up of a few ex friends of yours or friends of yours, I should say, from uh, from uni. <laughs> sorry, ex was a horrible word to say, um, I ex, with them, we're mix, mixing up ex uni <laughs> students and friends. Uh, so some ex uh, uni kind of colleagues there uh, that you've then gone on mm-hmm. to work with uh, in the professional setting. How did how did mm-hmm. that all kind of come together? You're, you're again you're working at naughty dog arguably the biggest studio in the world there uh ember labs is very small and i i, I personally was familiar with the name um before before kena got announced purely because of and i'm sure you might know where i'm going here the the zelda majora's mask uh terrible fate video which blew my mind um when i when i first saw that but um how did that kind of come together? Because you are uh, like the different parties involved are all coming at these from very different points, and you've all combined to form, in my opinion, and from purely what we could see during the PS5 showing, one of the best games of the, the that particular showcase. Again, without having gone hands on or any of that sort of thing, just purely <laughs> watching it, right. it looked phenomenal. How, how did you all kind of come together at that point, And were you, were you looking for a change yourself, or? What, what was it for you that kind of prompted um, the departure from Naughty Dog and then getting in there with Ember Labs?
1: Uh, so a uh, designer that had been at Ember, like Ember had been working on Kano for a long time before yeah. I stre- like screwed up basically. Um, and one of my friends who uh, had been working on it is, was one of my friends on Axel. So oh, okay. um, I had been wanting to go back and like work with her again Um uh, basically since he stopped working on Axel, <laughs> yeah, right. so, uh, so, uh yeah, I was always kind of like keeping in the back of my mind, like an opportunity to go sort of do that again. Um, yeah. uh, and then, so uh, around that time was like when Kano was like really starting to like sort of like solidify into the game that we showed, yeah. um uh so it felt like that was like a really good opportunity to sort of like take all these skills that i learned at like the big AAA studio <laughs> and bring them back home <laughs> um that's fair because yeah they really needed like some like big layout support and everything like that and i was like this
0: that's exactly so, what you can bring um, at that point yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh so that was that was like good opportunity on that end and then um Then, yeah, and then kind of at the same time, like, uh, Naughty Dog was, like, an incredible experience. I learned, like, a whole ton. Um, It's also, it like, every production over there, like, takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Um, So, I was also, I had also kind of, like, spent some time after Uncharted 4, like, doing a lot of soul searching and just trying to, like, figure out, like, what kind of life I wanted to live and, like, what my work-life balance ought to look like, yeah. so that was yeah, also understood. kind of, like, a, a reason to sort of, like, have a shift out of, like, the sort of AAA world.
0: Yeah, that that change of pace, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was change of pace, and then also basically, like, a change of pace. Um, yeah. Like, there's also something nice about, like, a smaller studio and, like, being able to... Um, uh, like Naughty Dog, you, you do have like quite a bit of ownership on like your own kind of like spaces and stuff like that. But some there's something about like a smaller environment where it feels like you get like a little bit more like fingerprints on the game. Yeah, that um, makes so sense. That was, also, that was also like an exciting no, that,
0: kind of No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, Naughty, Naughty Dog is like any, any individual there is a small cog in a very large, very, very large machine. How, yeah. <laughs> how large is it how large is ember how many people are involved in the, the project at the moment i guess you might have people coming and um, going at different points but
1: yeah it's it's interesting like a probably say like there's like about like 15 like sort poor of like people. poor people yeah. and then there's probably like about 25 like sort of ex- extended family yeah. and then like <laughs> It's like even more like external kind of contractors and yeah. uh, and outsourcing and stuff yeah. like that.
0: But I guess so. yeah. So to your point, the the getting your fingerprints on the on the on the game itself and feeling like you've got a a larger say, or you know, like not, yeah. not necessarily a larger or say, but in, in terms of yeah, that decision making processes, you're able to have a bit more. Yeah. Again, your your fingerprints it's example like- is probably the best one
1: yeah yeah it's like um it's not even even so much like whatever shows up like on the like final screen like yeah. for me it's also like oh like I get to like develop like our best practices for yeah. scripting I get to like develop like you know with my buddy like you know our playtests like questionnaire and like yeah. do it like even just doing that kind of work is like fun for me so like
0: that makes a lot sense. Exciting
1: to sort of like be able to put together the processes i guess
0: and i guess to cycle back to one of the points we made right at the beginning of this uh one of the things that you you did a lot of early on was you were getting involved in lots of different aspects of the creation process and i'd imagine going from a maybe a far more defined role at naughty dog to one that gives you a bit more scope to kind of get involved in various different uh disciplines within the whole process would be one of the big differences as well
1: yeah definitely um like There's huge benefits to both um, because, like, I I do like being a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades and being able to, like, dabble in a lot of different departments and, like, talk to a lot of different departments. And uh, Naughty Dog, we could definitely, like, you work with a bunch... Naughty Dog was interesting because, like, your own responsibilities were very narrow, but then you work with other people, you work with a lot of other people who are, like, just, like, enormously talented, so it's, like, Course like a designer will never like hack in a little animation because like you have like these like odd animators who yeah. like also work in the studio. So it's kind of nice at like smaller studio like Ember to be like, Oh, I can like rearrange flowers today because like
2: Why not? That's <laughs> awesome. And why not? Make them look yeah.
1: <laughs> um so, yeah, you can kind of like dabble a little bit a little bit more across disciplines. Granted the animators at Ember are also like god tiers. So
0: yeah i mean um, uh the proof's in the pudding for like the, the stuff movie. that's been shown so. <laughs> yeah. um now we obviously spoke about the fact that you had a friend there that was kind of one of the main draws to come across but i'd imagine at the same time um and you're you're obviously you're departing naughty dog or you're potentially looking at departing naughty dog at the time um and you've seen the studio there you've obviously seen a little bit of the game i presume at that particular point i'm sure it wasn't totally just based around the friendship i'm sure there's got to be a degree of attraction towards the game self as well you don't want to necessarily get yourself on board with something that doesn't really inspire you in any way uh so what was it about the game Um, that really caught your eye in the first place
1: um well it's interesting you mentioned that because like sort of like a certain point i feel like in your career you start work you start taking jobs because of the people in them more so than the projects if they were working on like a really lame project i probably would have been a deal breaker so yeah. like it was less of like the project is like a selling point for me and the yeah. more of like it's like oh i want to work with this friend oh my yeah. friend's working on a super cool project like nice coincidence. Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah okay. And yeah
1: <laughs>
0: okay um uh, but was there something that really so, spoke yeah. to you about the game in the first place though that really caught your eye or was there a nugget of something like i can really work with this as well
1: to try to figure out what's in the trailer
0: oh yeah that's fine yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay,
1: sorry um i think for me it was like the combination of like the charm yeah and, like the rot being like just like so cute and charming and like we had like the sort of animation to sort of like uh like bolster that um so for me like that's exciting thing like it i like games where you like want to care about the characters in them so like i was like oh yeah like they're super cute like that'll be super fun to work on and then i guess like gameplay wise like it just felt like such like kind of like a like old school adventure game i mean it i mean i guess like uncharted was also like kind of an old school adventure game Um, well
0: yeah i guess it's core yeah
1: (laughs) yeah um uh, that
0: combination of things just really spoke to you i'm guessing
1: yeah. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like something I could be really useful like, to help on. It felt like it felt like it enmeshed well with my skill Um, and it felt like a world that people were going to care about.
0: So. And then there's the people itself, uh, you know, themselves as well, which yeah, it looks like it's, it couldn't have come together any better for you. Yeah. Worked out. Now, obviously, as, as we mentioned, you were, you were kind of thinking on the trailer to make sure, I guess you don't say anything that, that you, you couldn't or, or shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But, um, at, at the same time, like do you have any big, bold or not necessarily even bold, but so any like big ambitions? Do you have like a particular path that you personally are steering in that you want to be able to see the game execute on? Is there something that like some particular challenges that you're looking to accomplish that you feel like the game is able to help you to succeed in?
1: It's like a tricky question for me to answer because it's like not really like my game. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like Mike's game and Josh's game. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm like my, my focus is like trying to be like, OK, like I want to understand like them and like what they like are hoping to achieve. Yeah. And then like for me, like my job is like I just want it to be executed well. Like I yeah. want I want to see like how close to Naughty Dog Polish we can get. And a team of fifteen people. <laughs> like, From what I've seen in that trailer, that trailer you're doing a pretty damn good job so far, so Yeah, so and an attempt will be made. <laughs> um uh, that, that for me is like the exciting part is like trying to like scrappier than Naughty Dog, like yeah. Naughty Dog, we could kind of be like, Oh, we liked into this IGC, right? We shoot it. Um
0: yeah. like, uh, You could just brute force hear- it until it's what you want it to be.
1: Yeah, this one is, like, a lot more, like, creative decision-making in terms of, like, well, what do we have?
0: Yeah, okay, <laughs> um, now and I understand. Trying to
1: make it work. Um,
0: but I guess that throws so, up its yeah. own really cool challenges for you because you are coming from a studio, and actually several studios, where they do have that ability to... Um, to use that phrase, like to brute force their way towards whatever their goal is versus a team here yeah. that is trying to get up on its own two feet and establish itself and, you know, build its own identity at the same time. And this brand new IP that we're now discovering is coming to a brand new console. And like, there's there's so many yeah. layers to that that would present some really awesome challenges for you still.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then, um, and then the fact that that's sort of coupled with like the ambition of the team to make something that, That like stands like really tall like in terms of its like visual presentation. um, That does make for a big challenge because it's one thing to sort of like and be like, oh, we know like we're like a small team. We'll we'll give ourselves like a pass on like how good this looks, but like team like really wants to hit a high bar. So So, and fair
0: enough too, and it's fun challenge again as purely uh, an observer of you know and having seen one trailer out there like visually the game looks stunning like that that was the first thing that caught my eye and then uh, (laughs) immediately and obviously that's that's kind of what the trailer was almost I feel like was going for as well because the gameplay was a little bit later in the trailer but the first thing that caught my eye was how striking it was visually and how much personality it had and then I got to see what it was what it was about and again you mentioned that kind of old school action sort of mentality and you could see that Mm. really um, reverberating through it as well so I feel like all those boxes. Again, this is just purely as an observer, ticking those really quite well. I'm super impressed with what's happening with the game so far as a consumer. Okay. And I'm. You know, I'm glad sending, like, yeah, it was super well
1: received, which was like really exciting. After like kind of like in the team that started this project, they've been sitting on this project like silently for like at least five years. Whew. So like. Um, It was really, really nice to see that it was really well received and like the team like pumped on seeing everyone's fan art and stuff like that.
0: What was it like for you uh, the day of that big reveal? Before those reactions from the world started to emerge, because again, I think the big difference between an Obsidian and a Naughty Dog versus this is that there's so many fingers in the pie for those for those big AAA studio games, and I think maybe there'd be a degree of we kind of know for the most part how the world might respond when we unveil the mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two. They're going to scream and shout and make a giant fuss. That's that's exactly what happened yeah. to that PlayStation experience. Um, versus versus this, which is totally an unknown commodity to almost everyone. Um, mm-hmm. What what was what was kind of the feeling like within the team go, leading into that day? And I guess things are a little bit different given the current world situation as well. But there'd be this yeah, bubbling yeah. excitement, mean, have- and nervousness.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's not super different than what it felt like at Naughty Dog. Um, like, there's always like a sort of sense of trepidation before you show anything, even like you you know it's good like you're proud of it yeah. oh my god like what are people going to think so uh, um uh so in that way it was similar what was way different was like Naughty Dog you kind of like knew that you were going to be like the star of the show so you could go in being like oh like we know we're going to open it we know we're, we we're going to close it like we know like we're going to like we, we know that you're like a tentpole off, yeah. like in this production um Uh, And then at Ember, it really felt like we were like this underdog, and people were saying like, "Oh, they're gonna like put it in the same like montage clip as Spider Man," and we're like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, "How are we being like
0: alongside Insomniac?
1: Are you kidding?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like, yeah, so that was coming in from like you got really feeling like the underdogs, and like feeling like we're like, oh my God, we're like at like the adult table, like this is super exciting um yeah like the same sort of like sort of excited right. validation of underlined both both experiences
0: okay that's 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 quite cool because i mean yeah. obviously we've spoken a few times about how different the studios are in terms of size and scope and involvement and i guess ownership as well but to be able to feel the same way really well, says a lot about both experiences in a really positive way so that, that's awesome yeah now, as we start to wind things up, because there's, uh, I'd like to kind of cy- cycle back to you, I guess, a little bit and some of your experiences and some of the things that you've kind of seen and done and learnt from over the journey. Is there anyone in particular out there that you've worked with, or maybe that you look on at uh, as an observer that really inspires you in the way you approach your your process and your design? Is there anyone who you've tried to model yourself on in some ways? Uh,
1: when I was working on Uncharted 4, like. I really learned a lot from Bruce Straley in terms of like um, it's like how he manages the, managed like the team and um, I kind of like held like the like pace of the game and everything sort of in his head. So um, like working with him was like super influential Um, and I'm, yeah, so, and I'm sure, like, if you, like, look up interviews from him, he always has, like, design nuggets that are, like, really uh, useful and practical, so
2: yeah.
1: um, that's also been really handy, like, moving into, like, a, a space like Ember, where, like, you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room to, like, uh, like do a lot of, like, trial and error kind of design work, you have to kind of, like, know what the final goal is and build towards that, so, um, uh that that was that was uncharted 4 was like a massive learning experience i like can't even like think of what my brain looked like before i worked on uncharted 4
0: <laughs> but you're so much better off now for having worked with the likes of bruce etc yeah. yeah. that's fantastic any really particularly valuable lessons you've picked up along the way whether it's from someone like bruce or in that t- in that time of Obsidian, maybe in your days with ember that you've that you really kind of look back on as really valuable things to have picked up
1: as lessons regarding what like level design it could,
0: it could be anything. Anyway. I mean just like how, yeah, how, how you manage yeah that, and that, I mean that's kind of the thing because we've we've spoken about the work-life balance part of it we've spoken about the design we've spoken like really any is there is there anything that really that really kind of sticks out to you as being that maybe something you hadn't considered before but it's become this tentpole to how you focus your work or approach your work, I should say.
1: Yeah, think of a way to sort of like put it like a con- concise terms. Um,
0: it's a tricky one. <laughs> it's a tricky
1: one. It's like yeah. it's like trying to boil down like five years of my experience into like a sound clip into a
0: sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think like if anything, mostly just kind of like terms of like game development like just like learning how to just its like an emotional roller coaster of game development and learning the path of what that roller coaster looks like has been like immensely valuable because like when you're you're like myopically looking like at your like moment to moment um it will like one day will feel like the world is ending the next day will feel like everything is amazing and you're a genius and like the next day is like player played your game and you should just go like fall in a hole somewhere because like that was that was a mess like how could you possibly have made that and then like the next day is like you made someone cry playing your game and like in a good way and yeah. like it's like such a roller coaster um so learning the shape of that roller coaster has really helped me kind of like navigate the whole the whole thing like Or the life making levels aspect of it. Um, Does it go
0: back to that compartmentalizing sort of thing that we're talking about before and being able to break these things into uh, separate chunks and knowing what they're about and how to approach those?
1: Yeah. And like being able to sort of, on, on the flip side too, being able to like zoom out and know that like the one level you're working on and like pouring all this time into is like one part of like this whole game. Yeah. And, like, your experience working on it is, like, one part of, like, this whole game development experience. Your game development experience is, like, one part of, like, what your life experience <laughs> is. Um, and it just, like, makes problems seem a little bit more manageable.
0: That makes sense. That makes a lot of <laughs> sense. that
1: makes sense. Yeah. Um, it kind of gives you, like, this, like, sort of sight beyond kind of, like, whatever you're dealing with now to be, like, okay, we're, like, like I know I'm going to get through this somehow and like get over onto this like this next side and then after that side it's going to be terrible again but then after that it'll be again (laughs) you
0: you, you Um, come at it with kind of an understanding of what to expect uh, i guess from having had those experiences over the over the journey i'd imagine yeah that helps quite a lot on the flip side what about uh, highlights, though? What have been some of those big moments for you? Maybe maybe you are having one of those crappy days. Maybe you're in one of those kind of less than enjoyable periods in the whole process. What have been some of those highlights that maybe maybe help, help a little bit to carry you through some of those that you'd maybe just look back on really fondly? Is it the release of a game? Is it a particular moment where something just clicked in the development of a game? Um, have you had any of those sort of moments at all and things that you really look back on fondly?
1: Um, I mean, like a couple of weeks ago was like just like such a roller coaster, um With because like we we had the reveal yep. of Kana, and then a couple of days later, like the Last of us two like came out. yeah, um so uh, it was like, uh even though I hadn't been working on it for like the past like year and a half, there was a lot of stuff that I had worked on that still ended up in the game, and like I yep. had this opportunity finally to like. Uh, like I played through it in like a weekend and like uh, saw all the stuff that like stayed in the game or changed and like got to like message all my friends who worked on it and like brought it over the finish line and was like kid, <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh and then obviously at the same time we had all this can of fan art like floating around and everything like that and people finally talking about this project that we had kept secret for so long, um so that was crazy exciting probably my like favorite days at work though are the ones where like i can convince someone else on the team to get like really excited about like an idea to put in the oh game. nice <laughs> um it's like really cool when a player sees it but it's like even cooler if you get like a jaded old like dev excited <laughs> <about something. laughs> That's like, really.
0: so cool. you then feed off their excitement which you helped fuel in the first place
1: yeah like you can feed off their excitement and it's also kind of like the thing where like I mean it, it's it's great because like a player gets to just experience it and have a good time but if you get someone excited about it um and you know that that excitement is all like that person knows their excitement is also going to come with like a significant amount of like labor behind it yeah it, <laughs> um, makes it, all the more satisfying. it just makes the yeah it's satisfying it makes the whole experience just like better for everyone because like people are like like want to make what they're making so it's
0: always cool that's awesome now one last curly question before we get to any kind of the socials and all the, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if there was any one game that's ever existed that retroactively you could add your name into the credits to in any capacity that hell it could be special thanks if that's all you if that's all you're looking for is there any one game out there that you just retroactively love to be able to have been somehow responsible for or some particular aspect of a particular game that you could have been responsible for?
1: Um, that's such an odd question. I've never thought of it.
0: <laughs> oh like, no, it's maybe, maybe I... one of those, you look at a game, you're like, that's, that idea, that oh, like, is amazing. I, I would I have loved to have done that. That, essentially, that's kind of what we're we're oh, leaning yeah. towards here. Right.
1: Um, let's see. Like, like Surgeon Simulator. Like, I wish, oh, yeah. like. What about that yeah. one? It's just so like it's just so <laughs> like weirdly fucked up it's just great like, <laughs> like who thought of that like i wish i could just like like i wish i thought of that like i'm gonna make a s- surgery game which requires like you would think your instinct says like surgery is like this like precision sort of activity and they're gonna be like we're gonna make it a
0: physics really and, it, and it's <laughs> yeah. everything but in the final know. product
1: yeah yeah i don't know i just like great
0: <laughs> that's it's definitely a very different <laughs> answer to the ones we've had so far but uh, i can totally respect that for those reasons that's awesome yeah. uh so liz thank you very yeah, much for I coming we, on the show today oh yeah okay that's oh, fair yeah, enough. Thanks, and we'll just thanks. we'll add that into the credits alongside the, <laughs> the last was part two and Kano and a million obsidian works and uncharted and like, and then we'll stick surgeon simulator in there as well it's awesome
1: oh yeah uh round it all out Um, anyway yeah but thank you so much for having
0: me (laughs) yeah thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing your story and your experiences uh i hope that uh some budding designers or creators in some way listening to this and have been able to take something from your experiences um i've certainly learned quite a lot about uh about you and the experiences you've had and the studios that you've worked with and for over the journey from from this chat it's been fantastic so thank you very much for sharing today yeah not a
1: problem my pleasure
0: um, if people are looking to catch up with you or learn more about Kena or any, anything like that, where would they be best to go?
1: Uh, if you want to keep track of like Kena updates, um, definitely check out Ember's, uh, website or, yep. um, they like Ember Lab or, uh, their Twitter Ember Lab. It's just Ember Lab. Yep. Um, I find me and my nonsense tweets about game development and my dog. Um, you can find me at Liz L-I-Z-F-I-A-C-C-O L-A-Z-F-I-A-C-C-O, at Twitter. Um, there's also a link there to my itch page. So that's where I dump my independent projects as well.
0: Which are really, really cool and are well worth going to check out as well. <laughs> so uh, so go and, t- go and explore those too. Uh, as I said before, thank you very, very much for coming aboard and sharing your, uh, your story today. I was really, really fascinated with all that. And I'm sure all the listeners are as well. And I thank wish you... you- really really well with uh, the upcoming launch of Kano I can't wait to play it whenever that is uh, feel free to tell me at some point if you like I won't object <laughs> but um,
1: <laughs> I know you can <laughs> uh, no, 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 no.
0: I, I understand that one. Um, but I really do look forward to it, it's, it to me purely as a consumer and uh, it's it's a really fantastic looking game um, and I can't wait to get my hands on it and try it out for myself so I wish you all very very Thank well you. in that continued development Well, thank you so much, Paul. And uh, as always, listeners, thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time. And that concludes this entry of dev diary be sure to subscribe to this feed share it with your friends and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure if you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview then please find me at paul james games on twitter to help me get in touch with them until our next episode however that's been liz's story thank you very much for listening and i'll see you next time